We are all experiencing something in our lives, each one of us, that's shaping the way we think, that's shaping the way that we process things, that's shaping the way that we interact with people and with our culture, okay? There's one thing, and it's a real thing, and it's not to scare you, but it's a real thing. We are all being tracked. Now, hear me out, hear me out. We're all being tracked. Whenever you're scrolling online, whenever you go into a store, whenever you browse the internet, some of you are aware of this, some of you deeply care about this, some of you like me don't care at all about this, but you're being tracked. Now, part of the thing is that we might think, oh, it's evil intent, but it's, it's actually not. What's happening is that, that I spent most of my life in marketing, and what's happening is they are just trying to say this, we live in a world of consumerism. We live in a world of consumerism, and every store, every website, every moment of the day, businesses are trying to get you to do this, to consume. That's the end, end role. They're saying, hey, how do we get this person to consume? Not only do they want you to consume, but they track you because they want to give you exactly what you want at the exact moment that you will purchase it, okay? So that's the goal that is shaped. This is the goal of marketing, and this is what is shaping you. I was on a plane a couple months ago with, uh, with a friend or with a guy, and he does this crazy thing. I, I, I hesitate to even say it, but he installs cameras. So when you go into stores, it actually blurs your face, but it tracks you and it says, this is, it, this, is this person's sex and this is this person's age. And it follows you and it says, here's what they're looking at. Okay, so for me, when I walk into a Target, it's like, here's a 39-year-old slightly balding man who's going around and looking at the Rogaine section for a little bit, but then deciding not to go that route, all right? And then what it's saying is it's saying, I'm going to give you exactly what you want at the exact same time. So it's going to feed you ads and it's going to feed you uh, sales at exactly the right time. And he's going to give you this. And here's the deal. We buy into this. We buy into this. Uh, for me, you know, for me, it's saying, it's tracking me and saying, Kurt will spend any amount of money on IU basketball gear, on Indiana Hoosiers basketball gear. Matter of fact, there's only one thing that I want for Christmas that my wife, I've asked for 15 years, and she will never buy for me for Christmas, and that's Adidas IU candy stripe basketball pants. Look at those things. Look how beautiful those things are. I had no chance of making the IU basketball team ever. But I would wear those. I have a killer jump shot. Isaac's not in here to, to say it. Jason can, can, can vouch for me. But uh, I would love these candy-striped uh, white and red Adidas pants. They're only $90. So if anybody's got it on the Christmas list, there you go. Every business wants to give you exactly what you want at exactly the time that you want it. And we all buy into it because we don't have the self-control. And so culture and businesses and social media are all shaping your mindset. It's all shaping your mindset. All of us have grown up in this world where consumerism is shaping your mindset. You get what you want, cut out anything in your life that doesn't make you happy. It's all about you and it's shaping everything beyond even just our bank accounts. It's shaping how we interact with one another. It's shaping the way that we interact with our spouses. Do you feel it? This is families and marriages falling apart. 
is because we're hearing these messages over and over and over again that it's all about what you want. And so we say things like this, does this person make me happy? Does this person fulfill me? Am I excited anymore about this person? And we see it when it comes to churches as well. So often we look at the church like this, did I really like worship? Uh, did my pastor entertain me enough? Is it giving me enough? Is it is it giving me enough attention? I, I kid you not. In, in the short time that I've led the church, people have left this congregation with the whole thing that they felt like they weren't that that they weren't getting enough attention. It's crazy. They would come once every three months, and then when they come in, they were like, "I didn't get enough attention." Literally, people have told me that. We come in with the mindset of the church. This says, does it give me this fuzzy feeling? Does it cater to my needs and my wants? Am I getting enough attention? And we put on our consumer brain when it comes to the church. Now, here's the problem with it. The church was never meant to be approached with a consumer brain because we are talking about the body of Christ. This is no joke stuff. This is no joke stuff. We have made it something that it's not. And Jesus is looking and saying, that's my body. And today we're going to look at this because we're continuing our healthy, spirit-led church. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been moving from just looking at the spiritual giftings of the church and how the spiritual giftings are supposed to operate. And we're looking at this because Paul is going to give specific details on how we are to operate. I'm going to switch over to this other mic, I think. Is that driving you guys crazy? Check, check. Okay. Oh, you don't hear it? Okay. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> now, one of the tragic ironies of the spiritual gifts is that they were supposed to always bring unity. They were always meant to bring unity. We talk about this over and over again. But instead, in the church in Corinth, it's clear that it's bringing division. Okay? And so we look at this. And, and it's still happening today. And so we move along to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. We see that Paul is going to be dis, begin to describe spiritual giftings and meeting together and practicing and how this is meant to work. So he says, just as one body, though one, or just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Paul is going to do this radical thing, okay? And he's going to refer to the Christian community as the body of Christ. Now, the human body is a magnificent metaphor when it comes to the church. Because what we see is that there's nothing else on earth that expresses this idea of both unity and diversity at the same time. And so it's brilliant how Paul's going to lay it out. Because if you know anything about, human, about high school biology, you're looking at me, the body. I am one, right? You're looking at me and I am one. But within me, there is about a trillion things happening within me that I don't even know about, right? There are functionings that's happening. So you're seeing oneness, but within me, there are a lot of different functions and there's a lot of diversity that's happening of the different parts that are working together to keep me alive and keep me active. And unity within the body is actually only possible with diversity. It's really a strange thing. He's saying there's, there's, there's one true body, us the church, 
and it's significant to understand this, that it's only with unity, or it's only with diversity that there's unity. We have to function as a unity, as a oneness, and it's all of us coming together. He goes on in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. For Paul, the grounds for knowing that all of us come together and become one is based off this shared experience. And the shared experience is this, one spirit. It's crazy that each one of you are individual beings right now, but within us is one spirit that is working and there's unity within diversity. Each one of you brings your different diverse takes, your different diverse backgrounds, your different diverse uh, giftings, but the spirit is working together so that all of this is supposed to make sense. And that's how it's working. And it doesn't matter. Everything, your unique background, your experiences, your sins, your shortcomings, your giftings, your social status all come in here, right? But then the spirit, the oneness of the spirit, all works together. And so in the diversity becomes the unity. And it says this, whatever ethnicity, whether Jew or Gentile, whatever station in life, whether slave or free, we are all baptized in one spirit and into one body. This is what is happening. So when we come to church and we put that consumer mindset, we've completely missed it. There's no other way to describe it because that's not what the spirit's trying to do. The spirit is not calling you to this church because you like this more. He's calling you to say, is this the body that you are supposed to be a part of? Remember, when talking about the spiritual gifting, Paul reminds us two verses earlier, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. The same spirit is at work in all of us. As you look at me, look at me right here. My brain is thinking of the things that I'm supposed to say, which then my mouth and my tongue are forming together to say what I'm supposed to say. My heart is pumping blood through my body and my legs are helping me stand. There's a lot of other functions that are going on right now, some that I won't talk about on stage, but there's a lot going on in this, right? That you can't see. You only see the oneness, right? You only see the oneness. And so what he's saying is that the body of Christ, people outside of this congregation, they should see the oneness even though there's diversity that's happening because all of us need this together. Body parts have to work together. All of this is operating within me to operate me. And the same is true with the spirit. He is operating in each one of you for the goal of this, to operate as oneness, okay? There's one spirit, the same spirit that is operating amongst each of us to do what? To operate as one and to advance the kingdom of God. That's the goal. That's the goal. Is the same spirit is moving and moving different people with different giftings, with different backgrounds, with one goal, not to make you happy. The goal is not to make you happy. 
The goal is to advance his kingdom for what he wants to do. And here's the problem. When a culture starts to get not healthy within a body, right? Or there's a lot of people that say, I can't find a church that I like. Or sometimes I feel like there's a, a lot of church hurt that's out there, right? And so they just stay away from it. Remember, everything in culture is telling you this. It's all about you. And everything in the Bible saying, it's not about you. That's the tension that we always find ourselves in. And when we bring this mindset into the church, it really, really, really messes things up. There is no way. Actually, there is a way. There are churches that operate like that. And God, God bless them. I, I really do believe that. But in this church, we're not doing that. We can't, we're not catering to what people want, but rather we're saying, Holy Spirit, lead us. And what do you want us to do? What do you want this to look like? What do you want a spirit-led church in the heart of the city to look like? And we, and we see this because Paul is saying that the body of Christ is not about you. And it's about us coming together in one. Now, I believe that this would have been very hard for Paul to get his head around this, this modern day church. I really do. Paul, if you would have said there's this thing called church shopping, that he would be like, uh, what? If you were saying, I'm going to, there's these people that go around and try a bunch of different churches and then kind of just decide, or they don't ever even commit to a church, but they just jump from church to church. Paul would be like, what? Or if he said there's church jumping where people literally are saying, I'm going to this church as long as they keep doing the things that I like. I have had two conversations outside this body, but I've had two conversations with people who have told me they have backup churches. They're like, if this church ever disappoints me, I know that this church is really doing cool stuff. They have backup churches, this mindset. I'm not saying that you're never supposed to leave a church. Hear me say that. If some people are called outside of redeemed church, God bless them and I will pray for them and I will release them. I, I have no problem with that. But if you're just jumping to meet your needs, that's completely wrong. Matter of fact, if you look at this online church, right? I don't need to, to be in community. I just listen to the best sermon that I can find. And on a weekend, I got to make sure that I get my 30 minutes of God time. That's not how this was meant to operate. And if we, the church is a body and the body only works. Hear me say this. The body only works when everyone is all in. When everything is all in. This is not a guilt trip. Hear me say that. I'm not saying that you guys need to do more time, more money. There's no, there's no strings attached to this. All I'm saying is that there's a commitment to it. Okay? The body only works when every part is all in and led by the same spirit. Okay? And when we go off and do our own thing, we focus on our own things, our own desires, our own wants, our own needs. We completely miss it. We should be entering a community like Redeemed Church, and we should be asking, is this the place that God wants me to bring my giftings, to bring my experiences, to bring everything that I have in my passions to advance God's kingdom? I'm telling you this. If it's not, that's okay. But go find a church where the answer is that, okay? Because that's what he's trying to do. He's saying this is a body and everyone's supposed to bring their whole thing in, okay? Take my heart, for example. My heart. I, I used to run a lot. If you know this, I, I used to be a competitive runner when I was in high school. 
And I, and I was blessed enough as a grown 18-year-old male to graduate high school under 130 pounds, which you should have seen me. I was just sticks and stones. Like, I was just bones. But over time, it gets harder to be my heart. There's no other way around it, right? I'm getting older. I don't weigh 130 pounds anymore. I'm lucky if I get three workouts in a day or a week rather than like work running every day, right? And my heart could be like this. My heart would be like, man, it is not worth my time anymore to keep this Kurt thing going, right? Is that right? Do you see what I'm saying? Or I wish I was in another body. Trust me, it probably feels that way sometimes. Or it, it, it might be like, hey, I, I don't want to give my all into this thing anymore, into this Kurt thing. And what happens is when that happens, this thriving, active, kingdom, ready-to-go Kurt becomes lethargic passive, weak, even dies, Kurt, all right? If the heart's like, I'm done with this. If any of my body parts are like, you know what? Not worth it for me. I'm out. We begin to get lethargic and weak and begin to die. And that's what's happening in the church too. This is what happens in the church. Do you see it? When the body isn't all in, when they're not functioning exactly how we're supposed to function, you begin to get lethargic and weak. And so let's look deeper about what Paul goes on because he's going to say there's a couple things for this to operate that have to happen. 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 16. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for the re that, that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. You should never dismiss your own giftings. Let's start there. Never dismiss your own giftings. I have done this on occasion. I have looked at other believers. I've looked at other churches. I've looked at other pastors. And I've been like, you know what? If I only had that gifting, man, that, that person can preach. Oh man, that person has an active prayer ministry. Oh man, that person has a prophetic gifting that I wish I had. And you can begin to compare yourself on there. But, but what Paul's saying is every single one of you is important to the body. Every single one of you is important to the body. God uniquely built, created, gave you wirings, gave you experiences that are important to this body. I truly believe that if you're a part of Redeemed Church, and we see it over and over again, that your past or your giftings or your passions will be used in some crazy way. Somebody will come in with a need or a past experience that they're trying to work out and you, not me, but you will be like, you know what, Pastor Kurt, I can step in because I've been there, I've done that, and I can speak truth into this person's life. Never underestimate your giftings and you should be confident that they're active and engaged within the body because you are uniquely and wonderfully you, okay? So let's start that as a baseline. Just for fun, let's think about some things in the, bo the body, okay? Some things that I had questions about. So I was just kind of Google searching and I was looking at some stuff. There's this, the smallest bone in your body, because I just looked it up. What is the smallest bone in your body? I can't pronounce, I think it's the stape or the stapey or the sta stap, I don't know. If there's a doctor in the room, I apologize. The smallest bone in your body is actually in your ear. And if you were to remove the smallest bone in your body, you would actually become deaf. Like you would not be able to hear. 
And so we look at the smallest person or a person that you don't even know exists within the body, and you would literally become deaf. I was thinking about cuticles the other day because I was just on a plane thinking about cuticles. And, and <laughs> cuticles, it was right in the sermon, but uh, cuticles, like what in the, what's the point of them? I, I didn't realize this. Your fingernails are the grossest, germiest, virusy thing that you could ever, you know, thanks to COVID, we learned how to wash our hands. Pat, my uh, ICU nurse, she's like, yeah, everyone needs to wash their hands better. But the cuticles keep all that germ and all those viruses out of your body. This would be like a super sensitive area that it would just like enter your body. Isn't that crazy? Think about the eyebrows. Eyebrows. Some of us have good eyebrows. Some of us don't. Let's just be honest. I'm looking around the room. Eyebrows keep, keep sweat and dirt out of your eyes. Vision is the most important thing that you can have. And actually, it actually keeps you because if not, it would just run down and it would just make you be, have blurry vision. But it's also critical from, a, from a, a human point of view. It's actually critical for us when it comes to communication. You communicate more with your eyebrows than any other facial feature and oftentimes more than what you say. Isn't that crazy? Like we express emotion in our eyebrows. When you run into somebody, you're able to, exp- to understand their emotion based off their eyebrows. Every part of the body is important. Keep going. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable and the parts that are, we think are less honorable, we treat actually with special honor. Think about that. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division within the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. This this section right here is why we cannot bring our consumerism brain into the church. This is huge what Paul's saying. We should never dismiss the gifts of other people as well. This is true in the church today as much as it was in the church in Corinth. We Christians today, in our pride, can be tempted to do the same thing. We, there's, there's two things that can destroy the church. There's a lot of things that can destroy the church, but there's two things that I want to bring up that can destroy a church when it comes to these things. And it's so important for us to root these things out within a church body, okay? The first is jealousy 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 for this thing to work we have to root jealousy out of our body we can prize our gifts as more important than the gifts of others we can look down on believers who maybe don't have that may seem less gifted we might be like oh he's the teacher or he's got the prophetic gifting or that guy can pray or this person uh, has this this incredible ministry over here and we can get jealous of those people. And Paul is saying, it's like an eye 
thinking that it no longer needs the hand. That's what he's saying. And that's all good. Most times the eye doesn't need the hand. That's totally good. But what happens when you get something in your eye? If you don't have hands, you're going to be pretty miserable, right? And there's a time, if you're an eye, where you're going to need a hand. Not every day, maybe not every moment, but eventually you're going to get something stuck in your eye and you're going to need your hand, the hand to take care of it. And if there's jealousy, we all need each other. And there's no gifting that is more important than the other. Matter of fact, those with the upfront giftings, right? It says those with the upfront giftings are to treat every gifting with special honor. Those people that are upfront, those people that you can like, man, I can clearly see their giftings. They have the responsibility to say, all the people that are behind the scenes that you never see, we treat them with special honor because we cannot function without that. There are a group of three or four men, and I will relate, name them, remain them nameless. They come and set up chairs every morning at 8 a.m. for you. You will never know who they are. You could, we could not function in this if it wasn't like that. And at the same time, worship has the upfront, upfront giftings, right? And they come in at 8 or 9, 8.45 and start practicing before this. What's good with worship if we don't have places for people to sit, right? It all works together. The eye eventually will need the hand, and the hand will eventually need the eye. We have to think like that. We find unity in functioning. Now, the second part I see is body parts attacking other body parts. Body parts attacking other body parts. If you have ever experienced this in your own body, you know exactly what I am talking about. I was miserable during my trip. I am crazy allergic to cats. I haven't lived at home for now over 16 years. And so all my family decided to get cats while I was gone. And if you have your histamines attacking your body, it is miserable. I was rocking three Allegra a day and still my eyes were watering as if I was watching like a romantic comedy or something. If you have that. Some of us, I know a couple of people have had their gallbladders taken out for a while. If you've had your gallbladder attacking you, you know what that feels like. If you've ever had an autoimmune disease, many of us do, your body attacking yourself. This is serious stuff. And the church sometimes can be the meanest place. Body parts attacking body parts. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. When Paul says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. That line in some ways is the best case scenario. If, if we came together and at least talked about how we don't need each other, that'd be better than what we do sometimes. Because instead we gossip and we slander and we lie and we build up bitterness and we politically move things so that we get what we want. And it has to stop in all churches. We are one body that must function together as one body. And that would be enough. But it's even more important because it's Christ Jesus's body. That's serious stuff. There's a powerful line in the book of Acts at Paul's conversion. Paul, if you remember, was Saul before he was Paul. And he was a religious leader. And he is persecuting the church. He's going around. He's probably the greatest persecutor of the church, maybe of all time. And he's just killing people. 
And we see this, that he, he, he's going down this road of Damascus, and Jesus is going to stop him. He's going to say, you got to stop doing that, man. And Jesus says to Paul, Acts 9, 3-4, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, Paul. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Me. Jesus, when speaking to the church, he's saying, it's me. It's my body. And this is powerful stuff because when he looks at redeem, he's looking down and he's looking at us as his body. Jesus right now is looking at the redeemed church and he's saying, this is my body. Let's take a little inventory here, right? What happens though when it sees Christ's body? And we see this, that, that what happens when he says, man, there are a lot of people gossiping, gossiping about me. There are a lot of people that are lying about me. There are a lot of people who are trying to cause division in me. This is not just like a social club where this is happening. This is Jesus Christ identifying as the body. This, we are his body. There is a oneness amongst us, and there is a oneness with Christ Jesus. And so when we come in with the mindset of I'm going to get what I want, or you come in the mindset of I'm going to maneuver things to get what I want, it's not that you're doing it to another person. You're doing it to Jesus Christ himself. Dangerous stuff. And the spiritual giftings are operating within that. And when there's gossip and lying and slander or whatever, or bitterness towards one another, I can guarantee you the spiritual giftings are not going to happen as clearly as you desire. The church can look, talk about a lot of things. We talk about culture. We talk about sins outside this church. We talk about sexual sin. We talk about being good people. But sometimes we let gossip and bitterness and slander and lies in the body, and we let the body attack the body. And if there's any doctors in the room, they'll tell you, you can't let the body keep attacking the body. Can't have it. We have to pursue holiness together in here so that we can go out together out there and reach the world. That's God's mission. He's saying, this is my body. And we come together and we pursue holiness together. We come together and we in the same spirit, we pursue holiness in here. For what gain? To advance the kingdom out there. It's that simple. But attacking body and jealousy happening within the church, you're going to see this. It's not going to happen. Now, the same guy I was on the plane with, we got talking about my sermon. And, and for those who are new here, you won't understand this, but it's amazing how God works. This guy, I'm just going to share this. This is just for the people that, are, that know me. This guy was Amish. My, this pastor was a Mennonite pastor, and he was Amish till 10 years ago. How crazy is that? Sorry, I grew, I grew up in Amishville, and my family's two generations moved from Amish. But we're sharing there, and he's sharing about the church. And I said, here's what I'm preaching on. And he said, you know, it's really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this. And so this is what he, he said to me. He, he said, you know, there's a lot of the, 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 we talk a lot in the American church. We talk a lot as a church and we say, man, the book of Acts, there was so much crazy stuff happening, right? There, there were miracles happening and there were healings happening. And there were like thousands upon thousands and thousands of people 
coming to know Jesus, right? And oftentimes we ask that question, like, why is that not happening today? Or why is it perceived that it's not happening today? And we got talking about this. And he said, you know what? He said, it's like this idea of climbing Mount Rainier, taking on a hard thing. The early church was taking on a hard thing. Let's, let's equate it to taking on Mount Rainier, climbing Mount Rainier. To, accom- to accomplish hard and difficult things, to do great things like summoning Mount Rainier, your body has to actually be healthy. There's no way around it. A broken body cannot get up to the top of Mount Rainier. There's no way about it. Like you, you can, there's great feats of strength. There's amazing things that happen, but you have to train your body to be able to get up to Mount Rainier. And you see this, that a decently healthy body is what it takes to get up that high. And what we see is that sometimes the church, we have key functions or key giftings or part of the body that have not been stretched or have not been built or who are not all in. There's some atrophy that's happening within our body. There's some muscles that we haven't used in a while. And, and what we see is that we get to, that, that if, if we keep doing that, that the body won't be strong. If we keep as a body saying, you know what, I'm just going to catch it online. If we as a body say, you know what, I'm good getting together every once in a while. If we as a body are not really getting connected, meaning you come into this body, but you never really get connected with one another, we completely miss it. And what happens is that we want to see God advance God's kingdom. We, we want to see us go up and take Mount Rainier, but instead we sometimes look much more like a body that's laying on the couch watching Netflix a little bit too much. Amen? It's important to understand this. Look, I could get in better shape as well, let's be honest. We as a body get to do this together, but it takes all of us. I I don't know how else to say it. If God called you to this community, if God called you to the body to redeem church, we all need to stretch our gifts a little bit. Stretch our faith, stretch ourselves. And, And when we do, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, this church is gonna look like Look out, this, is good. this church is going to look more than what we even imagined it to. But, but if we're a church that relies on the church staff or relies on me or relies on the elder, then we're going to completely miss it. We are in this together, 1 Corinthians 12, 26 to 27. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. No jealousy. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We are the body of Christ. So I, I was thinking about this. There's three things I want you to take from this sermon. Three things. The first one, we talked about this at my alpha table. We need to set up a culture in this church where we ask this question, how do we see God moving in each one of our lives? How, how do you... We don't ask ourselves, we don't ask people that. We don't ask that. We don't, we don't go up and say, hey, Diego, how do you see God moving in your life, man? We don't, we don't ask this important question. Let me tell you why this question is so important. Because each one of us, the spirit is moving differently. 
but at the same time is moving together. And I guarantee that there are people right now that the Holy Spirit is stirring up a vision or a dream or a desire to advance God's kingdom. And they're keeping it to themselves. Here's the problem. There's probably another person who has the resources or the stuff that they could tell or the talent to help that thing come through. But if we never talk to each other, they might be stirring up some things and say, you know what, I have this resource, or I have this amount of money, or I have this skill set that could help you with this. And another person's like, you know what? This is something that I've always wanted to do. But instead, we sit in these silos, and the same spirit is moving through each one of us differently, and at the same time, he's orchestrating everything perfectly. Weird, right? But if we have a culture where we don't talk to one another, we are going to completely miss it. Colossians 2.2. This is one of our favorite verses. We, I think the, the preaching team brings it up all the time. It says, That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Paul's prayer and the goal for the church is that we would be encouraged and united, and we would be literally knit together in love. We are a, this, this is like a definition of a tapestry. Each one of us come together, and when we put it together, we see what God is actually doing. It has no point in how many people are in our church, has nothing to do with how many people come to our programs, has no point in, in all the health of the church. No, 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 no. It's what God's doing through each of you to advance God's kingdom, Okay. What are the visions? What are the, the mysteries? What are the, 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 the dreams that God's putting on your heart? Because he's going to say, I'm moving in redeemed church to what? To advance God's kingdom, not build up redeemed church. So we have to begin to ask this question. How is God moving in your life right now? We need to ask that often. So that's my challenge, okay? Number two, we have to find how we are uniquely gifted. Like, this is a huge thing. I have been talking about this, and we've been talking about spiritual gifts. But we are all part of the body. We each have unique giftings that when we come together, the kingdom really advances. Some of the giftings are supernatural. Let's throw up that gifting list. Some of them are supernatural. There are certain things that you're going to see. Like, it's not like you're going to take some tests and be like, you know what, I have the gift of healing now. And you never healed somebody, right? That's not going to happen. There's supernatural giftings like we've talked about. But in Romans, there's a list of all kinds of other giftings that are, are set in there. And we have to get to know each other. And if you feel like you have some of these giftings that are like, I, I think I have the gifting of, of some prophetic stuff. I think I have the gifting of discernment. I think I have the gifting of wisdom. Come talk to me and the elders and the staff because we want to talk, talk about that because we've got to figure out how to build and stretch that gifting. But at the same time, there's all these other giftings like administration and evangelism and faith and giving. Some of you guys, some of your giftings is giving. There are people in this church, I will tell you not, that like their gift is giving. They don't need to be asked for it. They don't need to be told to do it. And it's just like, oh, wow, this is amazing because they just want to give out of their abundance and out of their sacrifice and, and hospitality. And so there's a bunch of those on there. Okay, so here's what I want to do. My mentor, I'm really blessed. My mentor, he runs an organization called Healthy Growing uh, Leaders, and he has a spiritual gifts assessment. Can you throw that slide up? 
we'll leave it up there for a little while so you do this you can take a picture you pull out your phone and take out a picture or get that thing I really want everyone to do this because what we're doing is it will actually have a back end and I'll be able to see all your spiritual giftings I'm not joking talk about getting tracked <laughs> but I, I want to know what your spiritual giftings are because we're gonna as a team be able to have all the spiritual giftings. so we're gonna be able to say this is how we all interact with each other now on that list again is not gonna be healing and prophetic and what, whatever you're gonna know if you have that gifting but all the other giftings just take it it takes a, a couple minutes and and you just take the test and then you're gonna get these and we can talk about them but it allows us as a staff to say okay we have holes within the body and who are the people that God again Holy Spirit is moving and building each person to to meet those needs that's as simple as it is so let's leave it up there I think everyone got it number three most important we have to move past our insecurities our pains and our challenges because we need you we need you we need each person if you are in a season or if you are somebody who is insecure or who has past hurts from the church or whatever it's keeping you from whatever whatever is keeping you from entering into community whatever is keeping you from using your gifts whatever is keeping you from stepping up in faith I believe that God desires freedom for you and here's how I know that he desires freedom for you because he said it the same spirit is directing each of us to use our gifts to come together as one body and there are past hurts and there's past insecurity that's why I spoke today from the beginning there's guilt and shame and sins that you think you're never gonna get past and the Spirit of God saying you are free from that you know why because you are my body and each one of us has to get past ourselves to advance God's kingdom and so if that's you I want to challenge you I don't even want to encourage you I would love it if everyone's up here I'm actually gonna get prayer for this for myself today okay I'm the leader I need prayer for this specific thing that you would come up and you would get prayer we're gonna have a prayer team we're gonna have a few people but after the last song and the prayer is this what is holding you back I think there's some pains and some some guilt and some shame that God wants to remove from you I, I think there's some insecurities of like I, I've never been able to live up to this I think there's some past hurts within churches this church I'm telling you is the best church and we're gonna be known for one thing those that have been hurt by another church and felt used and abused you're gonna come in here and we're not going to do that because what we want to do instead is have the Holy Spirit speak to you and say this is who you are this is what how you're meant to live and this is how you fit into my body Jesus Christ so important that we understand this to be a healthy thriving spirit-led body made up of unique diverse people we get to come together in oneness this is the heart of God this is the heart of what the church is supposed to look like but here's the problem it takes courage it takes sacrifice and for some of us it takes healing 
And the problem is, is that when we come with a consumer mindset, we'll never find the courage. We'll never find the sacrifice. And I would make the case that you won't find the healing either. But when we come together in, in community and we say, we are the body of Christ, there is no gifting that is thought more highly than others in this body. There is no sin that you could come into and you couldn't find healing and you couldn't find grace and you couldn't get prayed over in this body. There is no shame. There is no guilt. There is no condemnation. But rather we pray and we ask for forgiveness and we move past it because I need you. Everyone needs you. And some of us have held back so much. And he's saying, we're one body directed by the same spirit. I'm telling you, that is the only model of church that I want to be a part of. There's no other thing that we could do in this church but to get this right. And God is saying, when we get this right, I'm going to be moving like you would not believe. So let's all stand up. I encourage everyone to come up here for prayer. At the end of the, the fourth song, the last song, worship team, you can come up. Heavenly Father, I pray right now over each person. I pray, come Holy Spirit and stir souls right now, Jesus. There's nothing I can say, there's nothing I can do that hits harder or hits closer to home than your Holy Spirit coming and shaking people to their cores. So I pray that right now in this fourth song, will you help us not be okay with status quo in this church? Heavenly Father, I pray right now, anybody that feels insecure, that feels guilt or shame, or it needs to be healed from church hurt, Lord, I pray that you would move in their hearts right now to come get prayer because there is freedom in Christ Jesus. And there is freedom when the body comes together and prays together. And I promise you that we will get healing here when, when the Holy Spirit comes and says, I'm going to transform that situation. I'm going to transform that hurt. I'm going to transform that pain. I'm going to transform that insecurity in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, will you just come and meet us wherever we're at? Will you set into our hearts anything that you want us to do moving forward based off of this, that we are one body who are led by the same Spirit? I pray, Lord, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and move powerfully in this body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.